Welcome to the Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus. Our world is full of incomplete solutions, leaving people searching for more. God's only solution for all mankind, for all time, is Jesus Christ. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Grow in relationship with God, your Heavenly Father, because your purpose is far greater than the day-to-day circumstances of life. Let's join Greg for the Solution Radio Show as he shares from God's Word with us today. God bless you, and welcome to the Solution Radio Show today. I'd like to open by asking a couple questions. Uh, What are you looking for? What's your heart's desire? What is it that you think you need to live a better life? You know, when I was younger, I often thought that more things was what I needed. If only I had a newer car or a bigger house or a faster computer. And, you know, sometimes I'd get the newer car or I'd buy the faster computer and I'd still not be satisfied. And at times in my life, I have looked to an event or to people to fill the void of what I thought I was missing that would help to make my life better or more fulfilling. So often we look in all the wrong places to validate our life. We search for the things that we think will make us worth something. But in reality, the new car, the house, the electronics, the events, the people, really all they are many times are a substitute or a distraction that only give a very temporary satisfaction, but never genuine fulfillment or validation. The hearts of men and women hunger and thirst for righteousness. And in the true righteousness that's found in a relationship with the one true God, who is the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Over time, without a genuine relationship with God, our hearts can become hardened. They can become calloused. The hardening of the heart results in an unbelief in God or that there could ever be a God that that cared about me. Well, we become what we think are self-made men and women without God, and we become quite proud of it despite all the imperfections that we know we have. There's a lot of hearts in the world today crying. They're crying, God, if you're really there, please help me. Make yourself known to me. Show me who you are. Well, God is as near as your next breath. He has made himself known through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who came to fill the hole, the void that's in the heart of men and women that don't yet know him. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so much that he died for you so that you could live. Do you personally know anyone else that would die for you? I'm not sure I do. You know, I know my family loves me, and I do have some good friends, but I'm not so sure that any of them would die for me, and you know, nor would I expect them to. Yet 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came to set you free from the thoughts and feelings of guilt, sin consciousness, inferiority, and shame. He gave his life so that you could live. And he did that because he loves you. Jesus Christ died for you. Probably the most quoted verse in the Bible, and we've read it many, many times here on the Solution Radio Show, and it's found in the Gospel of John, And if you have a Bible handy and would like to follow along, it's the Gospel of John, chapter 3. We'll read here verses 16 through 18. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him 
should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Verse 18, He that believes on Jesus Christ is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. It's literally no more complicated than that. The world has made it complicated. Man's devices, man's organizations, men's doctrines, that's what's made it complicated. God has not made it hard at all. It's so simple. For God so loved. He so loved that he gave his Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, so that you could live so that you could live forever and not perish. Why is it so hard for some to believe what God has said? Usually it's pride. Many times it's fear, fear of what others might say or think. You know, really, who cares what others say or think? The world and the standards of the world are one big lie for the most part. It's a deception to keep us from God and Christ The entire world and the ways of the world are designed to keep men and women from the one true God. Look at 1 John chapter 2. Let's read here verses 15 through 17. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of God, but is of the world, and the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. What is it to do the will of God? It's to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Specifically, that God raised Jesus from the dead, and then to confess him with your mouth, Jesus as Lord. If it were any more difficult than that, we all would perish. Remember, God so loved that he gave. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life is not of God. It's of the world, and it's all going to pass away. The possessions and the titles given by men do not fill the void in the hearts of men and women. Only the righteousness of God can fill that void, and the righteousness of God is only found in Christ, and Christ alone. Continuing still here in the Gospel of John, let's go to chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus Christ said here in verse 46, I am come a light into the world, that whosoever believes on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus Christ, he is the light that dispels darkness, the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, it shines bright in the crevices of the hearts of men. The sin consciousness, the guilt, and the shame, they absolutely have to flee when the light of Christ is made known. Still in the Gospel of John, let's look at chapter 8, verses 29 through 32. Jesus Christ speaking here, he says, He that sent me is with me. The Father has not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, 
and the truth shall make you free. It's the truth that sets men and women free. You know, we could believe a lie a lifetime, thinking it's the truth, yet it's still a lie. There's tremendous freedom for us in knowing the truth. The world will lie to us a lifetime. The world has told us that we'll never measure up, that we're never good enough, that we need to work harder and we need to work better in order to be approved or to be righteous. The world's standard of righteousness is all built on a house of cards that will absolutely all come crashing down in the fullness of times when the Lord Jesus Christ returns. Here's the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. For he, God, has made him, Jesus Christ, to be sin for or in place of us, who knew by experience no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You are the righteousness of God. <laughs> How righteous is God? Pretty righteous. It's as righteous as righteous can be. There's no darkness. There's no guilt. There's no feeling of inferiority. There's no shame in God. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. You have his righteousness because of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. It has absolutely nothing to do with your work. It's not about you. It's all about him. He died for you so that you could live. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. And that he, Jesus, died for all, that they which live, you and I, should not henceforth live unto ourselves, but unto him which died for us and rose again. There's a new perspective on life. We're not to live unto ourselves, but unto him. True freedom comes in Christ when we recognize what he's done for us in the giving of his life, in his death, in his resurrection, the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. That's where true life is. We're not to live unto ourselves. We are to live unto him. We no longer live for the approval of men. Our desires are no longer to be fixed on the lust of the flesh and the pride of life. Our true desire is found in him. A relationship with our Heavenly Father by way of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ, that is now the great desire of our heart. You now have a purpose to your life, an eternal purpose with rewards and benefits that don't fade away. Rewards that will stand through all eternity as a testament to God's great love and God's great grace. Those that know God the Father and His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, you know, I think at times we fail to see our value, not only to God, but to the people around us. Jesus Christ, he did a complete work. Our salvation is complete in Christ. We don't work to earn salvation. It's an impossibility for any man, woman, or child to earn salvation. Our eternal life is found in God, in Christ. When we come back after this short break, uh, we'll continue in Ephesians chapter 2. Please visit thesolutionradioshow.com.
This is The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, exploring God's solution for all mankind, for all time, Jesus Christ. And just to recap what we looked at right before we took a break, Jesus Christ, he did a complete work for you. Your salvation is complete in Christ. You don't work to earn your salvation. It's literally an impossibility. Our eternal life is found in Christ and God. And knowing now that this world is not our home, what are we to do to live for God? Ephesians chapter 2, let's look at verses 8 through 10. For by grace are you saved through faith or believing, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift of God? Your salvation. Verse 9, not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not of our own work. None of us has earned our salvation. Jesus Christ earned it for us by his complete accomplished work, by his total obedience to his heavenly Father. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, That word workmanship could be better translated masterpiece. You are God's masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that God has prepared or before ordained that you should walk in. Now here in verse 10, it says that we've been created unto good works that God has prepared for us to do. Is that a contradiction with verse 8, where it says it's not of our works? Then here in verse 10, It says we're created unto good works. It's not a contradiction. Our eternal salvation is by way of the complete work of Jesus Christ in his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension into heaven, and the giving of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. The good works of verse 10 are those that you do after having received Holy Spirit after having received eternal life because of believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. We don't just sit back and relax in our easy chair knowing that, well, now I've got eternal life. I'm just going to take it easy. No, we have a genuine, real purpose to life now. And it does not matter what your social or financial station in life is. You have something far greater to offer people than just a pat on the back or to impress others with how well you have done in life. And really, uh, that's just the pride of life and the lust of the flesh only designed to impress the people in the world. Your greater purpose is to speak the words of life and to lead others to Christ and to introduce them to the Father. What a privilege! What a joy! You know, had someone not spoken God's word to me, I'd probably be dead right now. My life surely would not have made it. I was headed down the wrong path. Pride, alcohol, drugs, a destructive lifestyle, only hurting myself and helping no one else. But someone took the time to love me and to speak God's word to me and to tell me that God loved me and what Jesus Christ had done for me. Within your sphere of influence, you can have a tremendous impact upon other people and bring them to the light of the truth of God's Word. Let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 13 through 16. 
For it is God which works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Verse 16, holding forth the word of life. We live in a crooked and perverse world. That's what the Bible says. We can complain about it, or we can shine as lights, living and speaking the word of life, God's word. God works within you to do the good works that he has prepared for you to do. As you live your life, God will impress upon your heart people. Sometimes in a crowd, someone will stand out in your mind. Could it be God nudging you to speak to that person the words of life, the gospel of Jesus Christ? Maybe earlier that day, that individual had prayed, God, if you're real, make yourself known to me. I've heard stories of that, where that exactly happened, where somebody prayed, Father, show me who you are. And God worked in the heart and life of another individual, and that person went and talked to them about Jesus Christ. As you live your day, people you know come to your mind. Could it be God that brought them to your remembrance so that you could pray for them? I say absolutely. I believe God does bring people to mind so that we can pray for them. If God brought them to your mind so you could pray, do you think that God hears that prayer and answers it? Sure he does. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read uh, here verse 18. It says, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Let's hop down to verse 22. For the Jews require a sign, and the Gentiles seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified, unto the Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Gentiles foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God, Verse 25, because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. We know that God's not foolish, but if he was, his foolishness would still be wiser than man's wisdom. We know that God's not weak, but if he was, the weakness of God is still stronger than the strongest of men. The gospel of Jesus Christ is foolishness to those that are perishing. They have no eternal life. But for those of us who believe Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God, salvation is found only in Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter how good you have been. Your works do not save you. Only the complete work of Jesus Christ saves. Jesus Christ is the only one who has ever been raised from the dead. Not Mohammed, not Buddha, not Krishna, only Jesus Christ. That's the power of God. That's the wisdom of God. If you still have your Bible handy, let's look at 2 Timothy. Now, I know Timothy is addressed to leadership in the church, but there's a tremendous exhortation here in chapter 4, and we'll start in verse 1. 
It says here, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. That means all the time. Preach the word. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. Verse 4, And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. What a great exhortation. What a wonderful privilege to speak God's word. What a purpose in life to speak God's word and to lead others to Christ so that they can then know their purpose in life, which is to continue to worship God and to lead more people to Christ until the fullness of times when the Lord returns and the Father gathers the church unto himself and we meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. It's going to happen one of these days. Could be tonight. Might not be for a 100 years, but it's going to happen. There is no greater joy than to live in the center of God's will. I'd like to close in Psalm 119. Let's take a look at a couple of verses here. And this, uh, these couple of verses here are, are just remarkable. Um, take heed to these verses if you really, really, really desire to change your life. It says here in verse 10, With my whole heart have I sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Let's with our whole heart seek God. Verse 11, Thy word have I hid in my heart. Another translation translates it as, Thy word have I treasured in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. What a wonderful privilege we have to know God. He's made his will known in his word. His word is his will. And we can read and understand his desire for his people and for the people of the world. He sent Jesus Christ not to condemn people. He sent Jesus Christ to save people so that men and women could have eternal life, so they could have restored back to them the relationship that Adam and Eve lost in the garden some several, several thousand years ago. What a wonderful privilege we have to know the one true God, to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth, and to be able to hide or treasure his word in our heart to the end that we don't sin against him. There is no greater joy than to live in the center of God's will. Thank you for joining me today on the Solution Radio Show. God bless you. The Solution Radio Show archives are available at thesolutionradioshow.com, along with resources to encourage and help you in your walk with God. The Solution Radio Show is supported by listeners like you. Make a donation today to join in sustaining God's work at thesolutionradioshow.com. You've been listening to The Solution Radio Show with Greg Backus, and we thank you for joining us today. God bless you. You are God's very best.